Another word for co-op is a community. The birding co-op will help build lots of unity. Yeah, it'll unite people. I almost co-op. said immunity. Immunity. It'll help build your immunity. Yeah. I think it, it might. It could do that too. Maybe. Yeah. So thank you for tuning in to Hannah and Eric Go Birding, a podcast by birders for birders. He's Eric and I'm Hannah. And we created this podcast to share our adventures, sometimes misadventures, and opinions that we have on different birding topics. We are definitely not experts in anything that we discuss that might be controversial. We want you to remember there are our own opinions and they might be different from yours. So before we get into news, I wanted to let everybody know, everyone that's listening, to know that uh, I'm going to start uh, putting a timestamp in the show notes that'll let you know where you can skip to if you don't want to listen to our intros or if you don't have our enough time. Fun and silly banter. Yeah, all the all the banter we've got. Um, it'll it'll be a timestamp that'll jump straight to the main story. And if there's more than one main story, I'll have uh, two different timestamps or three or four or whatever it is. Wait, you can actually do that? I thought you were just gonna like type in. The I was show just gonna notes. type. I was just gonna type it into the show notes. Yeah. Oh, you made it sound like you can click a button and oh, then no. it's gonna jump straight to it because I feel like I've seen podcasts that like mark there might on be. the time. Like, you know, what jump to this is, one yeah. or there's an ad here or something like that. Huh. You're not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. No. I'm not that fancy. Okay. I might do that someday. I we'll was see like, if really I can imp- figure that. I think it's, I think you might, that's a service you might have to pay I for. was really impressed. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll, I'll put it in the show notes and, um, so you can, you can know that it'll be at 15 minutes or it'll be at seven minutes or, or whatever it is. So you can uh, do that. Um, I won't know until I'm putting the show notes together for that. So we, I can't tell you right here in the intro each time unfortunately but it will be in the show notes starting on this episode so for last episode um we had some people listen um from a couple different cities around the the world i guess who was number one uh number one listenership was from fort collins colorado which i don't think we've had them in the top they yeah two i don't think they've been number one or, or number two good job colorado. Surprise. Thanks. surprise from behind Thanks coming in for tuning in <laughs> and then second was blackheath england which like with many english names i'm pretty sure i'm probably getting that wrong <laughs> how blackheath how are you how are you gonna say that wrong? i don't know but islington did not look like islington I don't think I'm saying that right. No, you're, you're, you got to be saying that okay. right. Okay. Come on. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. I just don't have the grasp of the language. Of the English language. Yeah. <laughs> um, and we did have a new review. So, Eric, would you like to share that with us? Yeah, so it's a five-star review. They said, thanks. With stay-at-home orders in April, I took my camera to my backyard and discovered the, the wild of birding. I started to educate myself to birding and found your podcast. I love that you don't just talk about birds, but your experiences with birds. Your excitement and exuberance about birding is contagious. Thanks again, Stu. Well, thank you, Stu. That's super nice. Yeah, that's we love to love to hear reviews. We love to love to hear that we're not uh, just kind of talking into d- empty airspace out there, <laughs> um, or but, talking to each other while it, with empty airspace. But yeah. <laughs> you know, we're glad that our experiences and um, what we share, like you know, helps get other people excited about birds because like we could sit here and just like give you uh, the life history of birds, um, which obviously we don't do that because it's interesting sometimes though. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's relevant sometimes, but we, you know, think that birding is a lot about the adventures. There's a lot of different parts of birding other than just walking a trail and seeing a bird, you know, there's, um, hotels you might stay at, restaurants you might go to, and people that you could see at the visitor center or something like that. So, or we, things that are entirely unrelated to birding, or or seem entirely unrelated to birding and birds. That is something that you experience along the way, and it's just exciting and fun to fun to talk about afterwards, or fun to just do while you're while you're out and about. Well, and it's it's all part of that adventure too. Yeah. It's, yeah. all, it's all adventures. It's not like birding. Experiences. It's not like birding starts when you see the bird and then ends when you see the bird. <laughs> <laughs> and ends as soon as the bird is not in your view. Yeah, I yeah. mean, not ends when you see the bird. Ends when you stop seeing the bird. Well, it also ends when you see the bird too. As soon as you, it's it's an instantaneous <laughs> situation. So you see the bird and you start birding, but then you also stop birding as soon as you've seen the bird. So I only bird for like maybe twenty seconds a day. Then <laughs> <laughs> it's all instantaneous situations. I see. Yeah. Okay. That's that's all birding is just moment. It's just instances in life. So we'll cut our banter short today for those of you who just really don't like it. Um, 
But, but also the, the main main story we have is all about the birding co-op. Which we've um, kind of hinted and there's at. there's a lot to talk about, so. Yeah. We've hinted <laughs> at a lot during, like, in our, so, okay, not a lot. We've hinted at in our social media accounts. Um, and I, I can't remember if we've talked about it before on the show or not. But we've been a part of, and we've called it a steering committee a lot. Everybody else is calling it a planning committee, which, whatever, same thing. Yeah. Um, but we have been part of a building nonprofit with a couple of our friends, which you guys will hear in a, a little bit from them about what the birding co-op is. Um, but since we we are all really excited about this project and getting it off the ground, uh, you know, the whole episode is, is about the birding co-op. But we wanted to give you just like a little synopsis of what it is. So by the time you're done listening to this, it's not like, what did they even talk about? Yeah. Because we're, you know, at this point, we're all pretty good friends that we've been doing Zoom interviews with or it's, Zoom it, meetings with each other. And it's every single week. We're, we, sit, we sit together for a couple hours um, every single Wednesday. We've been just like hardcore, just planning and working and working and trying to get and this would be cool all the details. And, yeah. yeah. So just what we see the birding co-op is and you can definitely check out the website we molly put that up a couple weeks ago um and it has more information on there but what eric and i have synthesized the birding co-op down to is that it's comprised of a couple different components like initially this is just initially you know what we're talking about we're we've talked about a blog and a podcast and all this other stuff too so but this is really what we're starting off with so it's ba basically three components. Um, it's reasonably priced travel um, through an organization. The, the travel is then not just birding. It's not just go out, see birds, list them, and move on. It's more about the experience of going out and doing more than just birding and doing other stuff and getting getting to experience more of the culture and the local people and wherever you're at and the community that and the you're community in too. that you're in and then also a chance to contribute to something bigger and help more people so it's um when when you're in those communities volunteering with local volunteer organizations to do whatever or meeting meeting these people mm -hmm. who are contributing to conservation and like on the ground actually doing something that impacts the birds that we want to see and that you know habitats that that we're experiencing um, and more than just like on the ground talking to people because, you know, people might be a member of this organization mm -hmm. and never go on a trip, yes. which is something that's totally um, reasonable um, to, to think that somebody might do. And so, like Eric said, it's a chance to contribute to something bigger and help more people. So we're talking about doing like an online community. Well, we have an online community. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, just not... talking about it. <laughs> We've been talking about it for so long. Um, but have an online community. And, um, when you become a member, you can be a part of this community. And it's a, a program called Circle is mm -hmm. what Molly found. I don't, I don't really know much about it other than it's, it's really neat. Um, and there's like forums that you can talk to people about like what they're doing and introduce yourself and, Hey, I'm going to this place and how can I get in touch with somebody that'll show me around? And it's a chance to meet people online, which, you know, as Molly will say in the talk, this was kind of a good time to launch this sort of thing because we're all getting used to how to use technology differently to, um, since we can't really go out and meet with people as we used to do. Mm -hmm. And so, we're looking at this online community as a great way to interact with each other and um, meet each other from different parts of the globe. So in order to be part of the community, it's it's a membership-based nonprofit. So you have a yearly membership fee, um, which is $24 a year. Um, and that $24 goes to fund the running, the, the, operating. the operating costs, so the, the website and stuff like that. But that's that's only a small portion. Um, depending on number of membership, it goes down each amount. But <laughs> it's progressive. But um, but the remaining amount of your um membership dues goes to support um the different partners that um, we're already working with. So um, a handful of groups that we're working with already. Um, some of which include the Uganda Women Birders and Columbia Bird Fair. Um, but there's many other organizations that we're already working with and trying to get uh, trying to get those partnerships off the ground and the those membership dues will go to fund um, things that they need or programs here in the states that may help them. 
in and, some fashion. And we've talked about, like, with Uganda women birders, like, I mean, how are we really contributing to them? Because, you know, they have a, a great program. And if you haven't looked it up, definitely check it out. Um, it was started to help women become tour guides in Uganda, which, um, you know, women didn't always have, like, these opportunities. And so I think it's super cool that they have worked toward, to a place now where you can go to Uganda and you can hire a woman to guide you around as, you know, birding, which... It's just not something you see everywhere. Um, and I know we've talked about that uh, before. And so we're like, how can we even really help these these people? And um, like right now, you know, people aren't traveling to Uganda to go birding because it's not... Yeah, no one's traveling anywhere right exactly. now. And so, um, you know, we can't really, you know, pay their wages or anything like that. But one of the things that they are finding is that uh, the women there... In the, as part of, that are part of the Uganda Women Birders, they can't get internet access on their phones because they can't afford it. And so that's limiting kind of the connections and networking that they, they would be able to do otherwise. So that was one of the things the coordinator of that program, Herbert, he was asking is, can we help, you know, get these women like data on their phones so they can uh, be part of like conference calls and Zoom meetings and things like that um, because they're not working. And yeah. so... I, a portion of, you know, membership dues can go to like supporting programs like that. So these women don't, you know, lose connections and lose the networks that they've been able to create. Yeah. And so there's lo lots of different things that these, uh, these, these membership dues will go to support. And then, um, something else with the online community. Um, it's not just, uh, it's not just like a social, another social media situation it's a um, community that is going to have uh, content that's both created by or both also created by um, board members the community members among the community so that that would be like a uh, so social media and then many of our partner organizations will be creating custom content for for this community that you can only access by being part being being a part of the community and we're looking at doing like newsletters too, mm -hmm. and we need people to help write those. And we'd also really like to translate those into Spanish. And I think we're also talking about Mandarin and a couple other languages where there's, um, you know, big groups of birders. So we can still have community that's a global community. We're really trying to figure out a way that we can connect everybody together because, you know, if you have a question and you don't have somebody that, you know, is based in uh china or something like that hopefully mm -hmm. within the birding community within the birding co-op we'll have somebody that can help answer that question or help you plan a trip or um you know to connect all these dots together and I there's so much opportunity out there to do this um mm -hmm. to connect people together but it's just not uh I don't, I don't feel like it's quite happening yet and i i see that the co-op can fill this niche of connecting people together from around the world to better the world, to be able to get people that, that need the money in smaller communities, get people guide jobs over into those communities. If, if they're a guide over there, be able to fund them by getting a group over there to wherever, wherever it is. And now that I'm thinking about it, so we did the interview with everybody last night mm -hmm. and Eric and I are doing the intro today and then it'll go out tomorrow. <laughs> but <laughs> I, I just, I hate to think that, you know, you guys might think this is all just a sales pitch and that's, that's totally not the purpose. Eric and I really believe in this birding co-op and as do all the members that or all the other folks that have been part of this planning and steering committee. Um, we're all really passionate about providing, um, you know, reasonably priced birding trips. Eric and I have never been on a organized birding trip with a, you know, big company because frankly, we don't want to, we, we also can't afford it. Well, we can't <laughs> afford it. And also with our limited, you know, money that we do have, we don't necessarily want to spend that when we feel like we could do it cheaper. And also, we want to have a different experience than a lot of these organizations provide. Like we, and we'll talk, you'll hear about it in the interview that we did, did with everybody. But when we were in Ecuador, you know, I feel like we had all these experiences, um, that we wouldn't have, have had if we had been on just a regularly guided field trip. And, um, I think we all really want to provide that. And we also want to help can, like I said, connect all these dots and build this global community that can better birding for everybody. So that's 
That's what? our intro to what the co-op is. <laughs> yeah, so I'm sorry if it just sounds like a huge sales pitch, but um, I, I feel like we all really believe it, and we all want to make this a better world, and that's why we put this together. Yeah, so go ahead and listen. We've got uh, Andrew Gutenberg, we have Joshua Coville, and Molly Brown that we sat down with for a good 45 minutes, so we'll uh, get, let you guys hear what they have to say all about the Birding Co-op. Well, uh, thank you guys for joining us for this episode of Hannah and Erica Birding. We are um, teleconferencing with uh, a couple of really cool people that we've gotten to know over the past few months. Uh, we're all enjoying a drink together and celebrating the Birding Co-op. So we'll tell you guys more about that in just a minute. But first off, um, do you guys want to tell everybody who you are and what you do and all that stuff? Yeah, I can get started. Um, I'm Molly Brown. I'm from West Virginia, born and raised, and I'm still living here now. Um, I own Nighthawk Agency, so I work with birding and ecotourism companies, um, a lot of tour companies, festivals, Audubon groups, and things like that, and do marketing and consulting for them. Um, so I really am thinking about birds in some capacity or another. Um, pretty much all the time. Uh, I've always been interested in birds, um, really got into birding in college when I just happened to go to school right down the road from um, the Birdwatchers Digest headquarters and really got connected to the birding community and uh, a lot of other birders and started traveling more for birding and whatnot from there. And here I am now. Cool. Awesome. Josh? I'm Joshua Coville. I live in Western Montana. Um, I've always been into nature, but I uh, started birding when I was like uh, 12 or 13 um, and grew up here in Montana. And I think it's really helped me um, get appreciation for the wild places in the world. And um, I really like getting out in the in the mountains and camping and hiking and birding off the beaten path. Um, and lately, uh, the last couple of years, my wife Stephanie and I have started traveling internationally and um, spending some, a few months in Latin America. And I think that um, has really kind of opened my eyes to what more accessible uh, travel and like birding ecotourism could be. And um, that's, uh, that's about me. Uh, I also live in Western Montana, a little farther south than Josh. Um, I'm a bird artist, illustrator. Um, I've been birding since about age eight uh, here in Montana. Though the last few years I got married to someone from Brazil, so my interests have shifted a lot farther south. Um, yeah, my wife and I try to travel Maybe not as intensely as uh, Josh and Stephanie, but uh, um, we do enjoy getting around Latin America. Um, if you want to uh, be my best friend, just come talk to me about hummingbirds. And uh, <laughs> um, yeah, most days you can find me just like county listing. I hang out a lot in my home county when I'm not traveling. And uh, this year has been a great excuse to just bird locally. Um, yeah, Gallatin County, Montana. If you ever want to come here and uh, hit some mountains with me, just let me know. You got to say your name, too. You didn't say your name. I think I said I'm Andrew Gutenberg, right? Oh, well, it might have cut out. Oh, but, but okay. you're Andrew Gutenberg. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> don't sell yourself short. Oh, interesting. I thought I led with that. Sorry. <laughs> Well, thank you guys so much for introducing yourselves. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm Hannah. And I'm Eric. Eric. Yeah. Eric um, with K. Hannah with an H. Uh, so we're here to talk about something called the, the Birding Co-op. And we're actually missing a couple of, we've been calling this, Eric and I have been calling this group the Steering Committee. Um, just because, you know, it's kind of helped steering, yeah, whatever. That's what we've been calling it between ourselves. Um. Uh, but anyways, we are missing a couple other folks that have helped out with this, but we are here, like I said, to talk about the Birding Co-op, which is a nonprofit uh, organization that we're helping and everybody involved, you know, that just spoke, 
um, is launching September 1st. But guys, what is the birding co-op? Yeah, we've all been posting pictures on our social media about it and everything, but... Uh, and we keep getting questions like, yeah. what is this? What is this? <laughs> Tell me more. I need to know. So, um, so Molly, you were, you were the kind of, the idea, the brain, the brain behind this whole, this whole thing to come up. Um, can you kind of explain what, uh, what it is, how it kind of the idea formed and, uh, then how you came about assembling this, uh, steering committee that we've got going on? Yeah. So I guess I'll start with how the idea came about. Um, so this is something that I've been thinking about for several years. Um, and it's the combination of a few different things that have really stuck with me. Um, especially since I've been working with a lot of different birding organizations and seeing a lot of different things in the birding industry. One, there are a lot of people who are traveling for birding all over the world, um, and are doing it on their own because they want to do it their own way. They want to do it cheap. Uh, and I think that it's, a lot of people would like to be traveling together, but there's just not really an option to fit their needs. Mm -hmm. um, two, I have done a decent amount of traveling for birding over the past few years, and I'm starting to kind of fill in gaps here and there around the planet. Um, but one of the trips that I've done in my life that has probably stood out to me more than any other was not a birding trip. It was a community service trip that I did in college. Um, it was in the Dominican Republic. I didn't really know what I was signing up for. It was just something to do over winter break. And it completely had a huge impact on my life. And one of the main ways that it did was that I, to this day, still talk to the trip leaders, the organizers from the nonprofit that led the trip. Um, and the people in the community that we were working with. We just all added each other on Facebook and our relationships have lasted for years now, um, all off of this 10 day trip. And I know that they have different groups coming in all throughout the year and they must see so many different people. But I just thought it was so powerful that you could form a connection like that and make it last. And that's always stuck with me too. Um, third, last year for Biggest Week, I was working up there. Um, just I go to festivals for my Nighthawk agency. Um, and I just decided I was going to rent a big house and see if I could find people to fill it because lodging's a little bit complicated at Biggest Week. So I did. Um, and that's where I met Josh and Andrew and a few other people. And it was so much fun to just have a group to hang out with and combine that. And we were all just doing whatever we were doing, guiding or birding throughout the day, but just coming back together and having little moments to spend with other people, I thought was such a fun concept. So those things were all in my mind, uh, along with other conversations that I've had with people here and there who have these different community groups or organizations and birding that they're trying to get off the ground or they need support or they're just small and barely getting by. Um, I was thinking about all this. Well, what I was doing is I had just dipped on a new state bird. It was like the first trip I had done thing since things had started shutting down for COVID. I think it was early April. I had like, it was maybe three hours from my house. I stayed in the car overnight, looked for it the next day. Didn't find the bird. Um, was really tired, just driving home, daydreaming, listening to a podcast and thought about it. And this kind of clicked in my head that all of this could come together. So I started calling people before I got home. And then when I got home, I had messaged and called like 10 people and told them the idea because I just decided that I wanted to lock it in and hold myself accountable. So I wanted other people to do that for me. And that is how this all got started. So that was the basis for the co-op. Um, do you want me to read the mission? And maybe, I don't know, Josh and Andrew, do you guys want to like talk about how we came up with that and then how this has formed since then? Sure. Yeah, go for it. Okay, I'll read it. Um, so the Bird and Co-op is a grassroots organization that promotes inclusivity in the global birding community by creating accessible travel experiences that foster meaningful connections among birders and nature enthusiasts, while supporting communities through responsible tourism practices, advocating for social liberties, and advancing science-based environmental changes. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty straightforward. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> 
feel like the the birding co-op kind of um like in a sense embodies what a lot of birders want to see in the birding community or are already practicing um you know like environmentally minded uh, you know um incentives and travel um kind of reaching out to other people in the community um but now with the co-op there's a way for everyone doing that and all of us to kind of connect you know and work with each other and so like what molly was saying there's like a lot of people already traveling and um but through the co-op you can i I hope that we can connect everyone yeah i remember the first night when molly came up with this idea she was like sent a bunch of messages out and she was so excited she's like guys i have an idea i need to talk to you as soon as we can (laughs) and uh I was like, okay, this better be a pretty good idea. <laughs> Sounds like it is. And, uh, and uh, then, you know, we talked the next day um, about the idea of what is now the Burning Co-op. Um, and immediately it sounded exciting to me just for the, like the bare bones initial idea of how do we make birding travel cheaper? <laughs> um, I mean, I'm a straight white 29 year old christian male from middle of the u.s and that's about like the most uh, average possible demographic (laughs) and if birding travel is somewhat inaccessible for me sometimes you know there's a lot of barriers i have to get through just financially Mm -hmm. to travel like i can't imagine like how that is for the rest of the world um and so Molly coming up with this idea of like how we can make birding travel um, inclusive and cheaper and conservation minded and everything all at once and open that up to more people just seemed like a no brainer to me. Um, so yeah, it's evolved a lot since then, but that's like what got me excited right in the beginning is just let's make birding around the world or even around the country more, more accessible. Yeah, it and maybe Molly can uh, talk a little bit about like how we're thinking of making it more accessible. Yeah. And cheaper. It definitely started um as price being a main factor and that still is. Um it's and that's one reason that we're becoming a nonprofit so that we can run something that is accessible to a lot of people price-wise. Um but it did really quickly go straight from that to I mean, what, what do we really want this travel to look like? And what is something that we can offer that doesn't exist right now where we can work with organizations that have similar values and um, create something new? I think a lot of people who are getting interested in birding now are coming at it from just a general appreciation of nature. And the it, it's not just about counting every bird or finding every bird or listing or even identifying in some cases it's just being immersed in the moment and the whole experience so that's something that we've all kept in mind from the beginning um, and really how we've shaped the experiences that we're um, forming now and we're calling these experiences not birding tours um, because this is a different take on tours and we want to be clear that this is not going to be a typical birding tour that you're going on. Um, So that's one thing that we've always kept in mind as we've been building the co-op and getting things ready to launch on September 1st. But we have also thought about um, the people involved, um, both attending or being a part of this and the people in the communities and destinations that we're visiting and how we can make those meaningful relationships and connections where this is really forming a community. It's not just people coming together, going on a trip and then going about their lives, but it's really making connections that will last beyond that too. Well, that's another thing that what Molly was saying, there was another thing that um, got me excited right in the beginning is uh, the idea of connecting with other birders mm-hmm. around the world. Um, Cause I think, yeah, the rest of you have all traveled abroad um, and you probably know the feeling of just being somewhere and relying completely on a guide or like as your only community there, you know, in the birding community. Um, And I think we're all 
like we're all pretty well connected in the US, but then as soon as we go somewhere else, like how do you meet another burger? How do you um, feel like you're part of something rather than just a consumer or like a mm -hmm. passerby? Um, so it sounds really fun and impactful for us to be able to know birders, the places that we're going and be part of uh, the community there rather than just have one touch point with a guide or a lodge or whatever. And I definitely think that's one of the cool things about this. When Eric and I were in um, Ecuador a couple years ago, you know, we did this whole thing where we went to go see the umbrella bird. Um, what was the name of the town? It was like 29 of June. Yeah, so, in Spanish. Like in Spanish, yeah. Um, and that's where this man has all of these um, like dairy fields that he started. And he was an older gentleman. He was probably like in his seventies. He goes out and he milks his cows during the day, and then he plants plants that specifically will attract umbrella birds. And he like has created all of these forests that were, I guess, they were torn down at one they, point they, in time they, for they, dairy farming. They used to be his his pastors, pastors, and then he. Trans, has transformed part, parts of them back to uh, fruit tree forests to uh, in order to get the umbrella birds. Because I guess they started coming back there, and then he was like, oh, well, I need to get more of these because birders want to see them. So then he's been growing more and more and more fruit trees. And so now he has a whole bunch of umbrella birds that come onto his property. And it's one of the very few places where you can, like, know you're going to go see umbrella birds. But, like, when we are there, you know, um, we're fairly you know community or minded people and so we kept thinking like what could we do to help this guy like with what he's doing because he's just this poor dairy farmer you know that has to work like probably 20 hours a day um and you know it's it's when we were having that experience we thought like what is something that we could do to to aid this person and help him in his mission you know so he can still like work the dairy farm but he can also um you know, continue on his path because like, it's not a whole lot of people who have the time or the ability to go in and, you know, do all this conservation work in addition to their normal job. And we were thinking like, oh, we could bring people here and we could like do volunteer work and help this guy plant trees. But like, who are we? And like, how many other birders are actually going to a place like that? And are going to be willing to hike for like four miles to then dig in some trees and propagate propagate some fruit trees in the middle of the jungle but who, out in Ecuador. Who also is having that thought, though? I mean, yeah. we met a fair number of birders on that trip, too, that were just like, umbrella bird, okay, on to the next thing. And not considering, like, the impact that this guy has had and what you could do to help him, yeah. like, you know, create habitat for these, these species. So I think that's something that's really cool is that we're all thinking about like what we can do to better the community that our, you know, tours are going to go to. And so more birders could go, or it just helps those people like helps their lives be a little bit mm -hmm. better. What can we do to help these people? Yeah. See some cool things and then go do something cool to help somebody so that they can make them make their lives better in the way that they're trying to make it better. Like and this, not just like take, take, take. I'm really glad you said that because that's <laughs> something that I've seen in my travels all over the world. Um, when you're looking at the role of ecotourism and how it's going to support conservation and um, fighting climate change and those types of things in the long term or the big picture, uh, you find so many cases like that where someone is incentivized to do something that supports those things because there's a demand for people to see it. And I think I think a lot about how privileged I am to get to do what I do and to get to travel and see things. And I do feel guilty about that sometimes, but I there's totally a role that ecotourism can play in supporting um, advances in those areas too. And I think it's really important to not lose sight of that. Um, and then that's another way that the co-op can help in that way too, because I think that if we're coming together, I, I know that a lot of people have these thoughts like we do. I know a lot of people look at this and say like, how can I help this? How can I help support this in some way? Um, not even just, you know, donating money to it, but just what can you do to give back to something that's giving you so much personal meaning or fulfillment. And I think if we're coming together, it's our, our sum is greater than the parts if we are coming at this in a unified way. Um, 
And then when we're there and in cases like that too, and you're actually taking the time to make the connection and build the relationship, then we're all coming away, not only with those relationships, but with um, an advocacy for that experience too. And we can tell others about that. And I think that's really powerful. Oh, for sure. So one of the things that um, really got me excited about the birding co-op, so Molly and I had been emailing back and forth for a couple months, even before um, she said anything about the birding co-op. And we had talked about like, what can we do to um, have an impact with, you know, getting more women into birding and help get women to, you know, the same level that men are with like speaking roles and like tour, you know, guiding at festivals and things like that. And so we threw around a bunch of ideas. Um, and I, I was trying to pitch to her, like we could have mentorship programs at festivals, you know, I could bring somebody along with me and then, um, you know, we could help support that person and do like scholarships and, you know, the more and more we've been talking about the birding co-op, the more excited I've gotten um, about the impact that we can have, not necessarily like in these des destinations, but also um, in our local areas and like our festivals. And we've, we've all talked about what we can do uh, partnering with local organizations in the U.S. and partnering with festivals. And I'm really looking forward to, to seeing people from the birding co-op at these festivals like oh my gosh I'm a member <laughs> you know and um I had this opportunity because you guys helped me with it or something like that I don't know what what you guys are looking forward to besides you know going to these awesome destinations but what else what else is there uh one thing that I really uh like about the idea of the co-op is um is that we're kind of building it to be different from most other um, like birding organizations. And we want to, we want to create a, like a welcoming and inclusive space for birders to explore their like bird curiosity, um, you know, in an organization where that's different from maybe like the local Audubon society or, you know, a place where maybe they don't feel like they would fit in, you know, for whatever reason, there seems to be kind of a stereotypical demographic in some of these like <laughs> other birding organizations. And so um, for the people who maybe don't like fit the bill or whatever, it, or even if you don't feel comfortable there for whatever reason, having a, a space and a community to, um, to like make new connections and friends mm -hmm. around the country and the world um, is, is really important to me. And, and that's one thing that I'm really excited about, probably even more so than the different tours that will kind of, or the experiences that we'll, um, we'll have is that we can create this space for like serious community driven growth in the birding community. That's different from what exists right now. Yeah. I'd have to say I'm pretty much like on the same page as Josh right here. Like the thing I'm excited about is looking forward to our experiences, um, not so much as like the end all be all of what the co-op is, but more like a reunion of people who have gotten to know each other outside of those places. Um, and I think that's where the online component of the co-op is gonna be pretty important. And I think could be really cool. Um, just getting to hear valuable information like presented from people with really different viewpoints from Africa or from South America or uh, wherever in the world that they've got so much going on that I think we're just not really aware of, uh, mm -hmm. whether it's like successes or hardships. Um, there's just so much going on around the world that I think the co-op could help connect together, um, just make so much support. Um, and then we get to like come together and celebrate it in person, like when we go to visit those people in that place. So yeah, that's what I mean. Or when they come here, yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah, so as crazy as it sounds at first to think about starting something like this that's based on travel um, during COVID times, I think it's been really good because it's given us the time to actually plan it. And I, besides the motivation to actually put the effort into <laughs> getting it started. Um, but another good thing that has come out from all of the 
craziness and shutdown this year is that I think that it's a great time to launch a new online community like this. Um, I think people have gotten a lot more used to connecting online, having more meaningful conversations using Zoom or video features. Um, so it's it's been a really good time to build that and create this infrastructure where we can have these relationships and grow this community online too. Um, so that people can also participate even if they're not going on these experiences. There really are a lot of different ways that people can become involved. Um, there are going to be activities regularly online right now, um, and then we'll be transitioning as we can in the future. But there, there'll always be something for you, regardless of how much money or time uh, you want to put into the co-op. You, you can still be a participant and part of the community. Yeah, definitely. And um, that kind of brings us to how we all brainstormed the name of the organization, <laughs> the Birding Co-op. You know, we <laughs> we tried on a lot of different words, but um, co-op really kind of fit in the end because exactly what you were saying is we're all kind of, we hope to have everyone be in this together. And even, you know, even if you don't go and on any of the in-person you know, experiences or meetups, um, everyone can contribute equally and um, make connections in, in the co-op. And so it's not just about the, the uh, like the, the board or the staff members of the organization kind of feeding down the line content. It's kind of more like a, a circular kind of, <laughs> um, I don't know right, the right word, but um, yeah, <laughs> um, the, I think being a cooperative, we're going to be a lot more, you know, member content driven. And I think giving, you know, everyone their own way to interact or everyone having their own way to interact in the co-op is really um pretty unique I think in at least in the world of birding like clubs or organizations now yeah I think if you asked me before COVID if an online birding community would work I probably would have said no <laughs> I just don't like <clears throat> I think my conception was like well that sounds kind of boring and why wouldn't you just go outside and look at birds and hang out with people in real life. Um, but seeing this year, like how much things have been restricted, mm -hmm. I feel like community amongst birders is stronger right now than just about ever. Cause like you can't travel around. So you're just like constantly talking to someone online and there's been some really cool festivals run online and some Facebook groups that have been, um, just full of good content and, uh, yeah, I think that this is like something that now that we've realized that birding can still be successful um, from a distance um, and that there's things to talk about and you're not going to just get bored. Um, I think this is going to be really successful and it's going to, it's going to be fun and yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. And I want to say something about what Josh was talking about, about how it's a co-op. And that's something that we've talked about a lot about the different jobs that, you know, rolling into board of director positions that we all plan to, to do in the future um, when this really gets going. That In like six days? Yeah. <laughs> that <laughs> we've talked about like, okay, well, who's going to do this job and who's going to do that job? And like, there's all this stuff that we need to do. Um, to really, you know, launch. And the other day we kind of had a revelation, like, you know, uh, we, we need to ask these people who are, who are getting into it to help us with it. And we really do want to make it a cooperative effort that other people are helping us with. We might, you know, have like the title of board of directors, but you know, that's a, that's potentially a six year thing. And then I still plan to be a part of it in some capacity as a member at large, you know, even if I get voted out, you know, after three years, you guys don't want me as a board member anymore. Uh, 
But, well, then maybe I'll just give up because apparently you don't want me to be part of the organization. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, like, we're definitely going to need help with people writing content and um, helping us do, we're talking about doing burger cafes, so kind of like discussion-oriented Zoom calls, um, which I think we're probably going to have one in, in September. Um, so these are all ways that people can get involved and be a part of the organization. So it's not just like the, you know, 15 of us or however many we came up with, like telling you guys what's going on. We want you to help us like come up with content and, you know, help us come up with like partnerships that we should be looking at. But, you know, we can't, the handful of us can't come up with all this stuff. And so we really want this to be a group effort to make it successful and make it be a good organization that's useful to other people. A full actual community of birders. Basically what what's going on in the world right now that's kind of split up between different smaller groups around the country. But this is more of a cohesive group that covers not just the United States, but down into South America, like Andrew Andrew was saying, into Africa, into Asia and Europe, and just the entire the entire world. A global community. Global community of birders that can discuss what's going on in their neighborhood, what's what they want to see, what they have seen, all, all discussion of birds among everyone, and for ev- eventual when travels back open again, have our have our experiences uh, start going out to these places that everyone's talking about and everyone's raving about how amazing they are and how we can help by going to these different places. So that's, that's super exciting. I'm, I'm excited about that. <laughs> yeah. And I think the online community is going to be great for that too, because it is giving people a place to go to share their thoughts and experiences and also the ideas that they have, the issues that they see, um, and we can really have those discussions and see how we can come together to make birding more inclusive and accessible. And as we've been planning this, I, I think it's been challenging to really make sure that we're focusing on that foundation of inclusivity. Um, it, it's just completely taking away any bandard uh, barriers or our conceptions of what a birding organization should or shouldn't be and just completely starting from scratch. And I think that's been really fun um, when we're shaping the infrastructure for this. And we do have um, a pretty basic infrastructure that we're starting out with as far as having a couple of Zoom meetings a month, having our space. Um, I guess we can talk about we have four experiences planned for 2021 starting in June um, and we're going to hold it at that and just let this build itself and let the members be a part of it as we continue in 2022 and beyond um, to really shape what the organization is because we know we're just getting started and we want the membership to be a part of how it grows. Absolutely. So all you uh, listeners who are going to be co-op members um, on the the 1st of September, um, we do have like, Molly did a really great job at creating the online community uh, structure. Um, But with your help, it will grow and be a lot more uh, in depth and detailed. So looking 10 years into the future, um, so in 2030, when we've all been doing this for 10 years, what do you hope this nonprofit look like? Uh, one thing that I, I'm not sure like how we'll make it work right now. I think we're maybe still a little small and we've got a lot of growing ahead of us. Um, but it's kind of a dream of mine to be able to like, have a sponsorship program where we can um, send less privileged people around the world, you know, to experience other, other places in their hometown birds and birders. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think that that's something that like, whether it's a youth program or, you know, just a financial assistance program, like some way that we can open up doors to people who wouldn't be able to travel to festivals or, or other countries. Um, Mm -hmm. I think that's something that's really important to me. Um, and I hope that we, we grow big enough to where we can support that um, sustainably. What, one thing that has always been on my mind is uh, mentorship for 
um, you know, beginning birders. And when I started birding at uh, 12 years old, I had a great mentor who took me birding and uh, taught me basically all the basics, all the basic skills of how to be uh, a good birder um, until I got my driver's license. And then I kind of started birding more on my own. <laughs> um, but I, if, if we could build some way to connect, you know, beginning birders with, you know, birders who, um, who love to like teach and educate, I think some kind of mentorship informal or formal um, would be something that I want to see in the next 10 years because it changed my life. And um, there's not a lot of young birders in my area, but um, you know, if there were to be a 10 or 12 year old kid who wanted, who was into birds, I would love to take the time out of my day to kind of teach them what I know about birding in Montana. Yeah. That's always what I think about my, younger days birding too. I just had no idea there was a birding community out there at all. And I really wish I would have known about it earlier than I did. Um, but I think this is so cool because we all have different answers for this. I think what I'm most excited about for the next 10 years is the partnerships that we're going to build and where we can take these experiences and repeat them and grow with our partners so that we have these long-term relationships with different organizations and um, just build something that lasts and that continues to carry itself. Um, but I really hadn't thought about, Hannah, what you said earlier with everybody coming together at a festival or something and being able to say like, oh yeah, I'm in the co-op too. And now I'm just really excited to see that happen. So I hope that's happening a lot 10 years from now. Well, at the San Diego Birding Festival, you know, beforehand on World Girl Birders, somebody said, we should all wear ribbons, you know, in our, on our thing that, you know, signify that we're a World Girl Birder. And so people were doing that. And it was like, oh my gosh, you're on that Facebook group too. So that was, that was super exciting that, you know, I felt like I had instant friends, even though I didn't necessarily know these people. So I, I'm really excited about going to a Birds and Beers, um, you know, a biggest week in three years. And I mean, we can go next year, but I'm just saying like three years from now <laughs> <laughs> and seeing like a bunch of other, you know, uh, people that are part of the birding co-op that it's like, oh, you wrote that article that was super cool. And like, you know, you have some great adventures and just be able to have this like built in community that we've, we've talked about that you engage with online and then you get to see maybe once a year at some of these different things. So I'm, I'm excited about that. I'm also really excited about the impact that I think this can have. Um, not necessarily like on all our partners, because I, I definitely am excited about like engaging with the Uganda women birders and, and helping that program. However, you know, they need help and all these other different groups, but, um, Lost my train of thought. Wow, that's <laughs> well, okay. The, the, that so went fast. It was it was a quick train. It was very fast, right off the rails. <laughs> but um, that, so that that made me think the thing that you've you've talked about a ton, Hannah. The um the mentorship that you wanna you wanna develop with getting women that are really good at birding but haven't been asked to or haven't had the confidence to step up into a guide position at festivals or a guide position just in general, like having a mentorship program where we can be like, Oh, well we have, we have these guys, you can come, you can learn, be a guide apprentice with help us, get them connected. Help, help get them connected and introduce them to the other guides, introduce them to the people that run festivals. That way they can kind of, and there's plenty of women that are fantastic guides. There, there would be fantastic guides. They given the chance. Given, they haven't been given the chance yet. So I, I think that's something that I would, I'm really excited that this, that we can help kind of uh, facilitate through this, uh, through this co-op. <laughs> I guess that was my other point is that I'm, I'm excited about getting people who, whose voice isn't being heard or, you know, who don't like necessarily have the confidence or, you know, the ability to share their voice about, you know, their opinions and how they think the birding community should be. I mean, there, there are a lot of great voices out there and not all of them are being heard. And I think mm -hmm. through this online community, we can definitely like have conversations and, and help people, um, 
build in such a way that they can get guiding positions or they can get speaking positions and things like that. So I, I think it's really cool that, um, like Molly said, that we're all excited about different things and I'm totally holding all of you guys accountable. So in 10 years <laughs> when we're grabbing a drink at what, what would this be? This would be about the same time as, uh, the Tucson Audubon festival. So in 10 years when we're grabbing a drink at that, we're going to listen to this and be like, we totally hit that mark. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, we'll be accepting members starting September 1st. And guys, your last pitch, what makes the birding co-op different and why should prospective members be a part of it? Well, from the uh, experiences standpoint, um, I, I love adventure. And right now there isn't a, um, like a bird-oriented um, like adventure kind of organization that could take people birding but also you know go backpacking or you know camping or um you know anything um and i think my my last pitch would be if you want to go on a birding adventure um either like in your home state or country or abroad um that this is the organization to join because it's not going to be just a like highlights tour of staying in all the expensive lodges. Um, we're going to be kind of going off the beaten path and like looking for cool birds and cool places and going places where you probably won't go if you were to go to that country by yourself or with a tour and learning about the like local communities and initiatives and the local birding community like along the way. And so want like we're totally open to unique birding experiences going forward so like if if any of our if any of the members have a cool crazy idea like oh you, you want to organize like a kayaking and birds tour where you go kayaking off of the coast of canada or something like let's do it let's go for it and I, that's my pitch <laughs> um i would keep my pitch as simple as that birds need people who care about them like birds and their habitats do and birders also need a community and I think this co-op is going to be a really practical efficient way of making those connections happen so if you want to be a part of a greater birding community and and the world that birds live in I think this is going to be the place for you that's good <laughs> Okay, so when we've been getting ready for our planning meetings over the past few months, getting this off the ground, um, I always think about getting in the mindset that we're all sitting around having beers, talking about birds, <laughs> and sharing in our experiences together. So um, if you find that appealing, then the Birding Co-op is for you. Um, but also, I, if you've ever had any idea that you wanted to get off the ground or if you've ever just seen something and thought wouldn't it be cool if we did this or wouldn't it be cool if someone would do this with me while I was birding or I bet other birders would also like doing this then the co-op is a space for that to happen um, because there are other birders who <laughs> have the same ideas as you or want to make a difference in the way that you do or have questioned things and want to make changes like you do too. And I think this is where people will come together to do that. Well, awesome. I think those are all fantastic pitches and I want to join the co-op. <laughs> <laughs> Eric will submit his credit card. Um, yes. You charge it however much you want. Yeah. That's fine. <laughs> That's okay. It's, it's not a lot of credit. He's going to buy 20 memberships. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you guys so much for joining us. And um, we've had a lot of fun, uh, you know, working on this organization with you guys. And um, we can't wait to see where it goes. Can't, can't wait for September 1st. Get this thing started. So September 1st, as of the recording of this, is only a few days away, which is kind of scary. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we've got the Facebook, we've got the Instagram, we have the um, the business account. And... We have the business account. We have we have the licensing for that. We and the have website. The website. But it's all a little scary. But yeah, it's, it's right there. Yeah. So um, 
I hope you guys learned something and are excited about this too. Um, we definitely want to create opportunities that, you know, if you can't necessarily afford the membership that, you know, in the future we'll be able to offer scholarships or some kind of way that you can still be a part of it. Um, because we don't necessarily think money should be the barrier for people mm -hmm. to get into this. We, we want everybody to be a part of it and it's, you know, really going to grow and be good because of the members that are part of it, not because of any of us. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, we hope you guys enjoyed that and maybe learned something and are excited about this, uh, this community that we're growing. Yeah. And thank you for listening to our sales pitch. I mean, podcast, <laughs> <laughs> we hope you enjoyed it and or learned something new. Please, please, please rate, review, and subscribe to us on Apple podcasts, Stitcher, Google music, and anywhere else that you listen to us. If you'd like to connect with us on the socials, you can follow us at Hannah Goes Birding and Eric Goes Birding on Hannah Instagram. Hannah with an H, Eric with a K. And on our Facebook page, Hannah and Eric Go Birding, on our uh, Twitter at We Go Birding, or you can email us at Hannah and Eric Go Birding at gmail.com. You can also check out our website, um, GoBirdingPodcast.com. Tell us what you liked, tell us what you didn't like, and then share us with your friends.